Welcome to In Case You Missed It, Law, an algorithmically generated examination of my Mastodon timeline. I'm Max, your host. I follow a bunch of lawyers, law profs, and the like so you don't have to. It's the 18th of March, 2023. Today in the news, the International Criminal Court issued arrest warrants for two individuals in relation to the situation in Ukraine, including the President of the Russian Federation. We'll also explore the implications of Section 230 and its protection of generative AI tools, like ChatGPT. And finally, a federal appeals court has left Florida DeSantis anti-woke law blocked in public colleges. And after the news, stick around for our paper of the day. First, from www.icc-cpi.int Situation in Ukraine ICC judges issue arrest warrants against Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin and Maria Alexeyevna Lvova-Belova. Today, the International Criminal Court issued arrest warrants for two individuals in relation to the situation in Ukraine. Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin, president of the Russian Federation, is charged with war crimes of unlawful deportation of population and unlawful transfer of population from occupied areas of Ukraine to the Russian Federation. Maria Alexeyevna Lvova-Belova, Commissioner for Children's Rights in the Office of the President of the Russian Federation, is charged with the same war crimes. The arrest warrants were issued after an application from the prosecution. The existence of the warrants has been authorized for public disclosure. Next, from www.techdit.com. Yes, Section 230 should protect ChatGPT and other generative AI tools. In a new article discussing the application of Section 230 to generative AI products like ChatGPT, technology policy scholar and expert Matt Perrault argues that, due to the nature of generative AI, ChatGPT operates as a co-creator and should not be eligible for protection under Section 230. However, Jess Myers presents a counter-argument, suggesting that Section 230 should and does protect products like ChatGPT. Myers notes that existing precedent suggests that websites retain immunity when they provide neutral tools to facilitate user expression. Citing the court's ruling in the roommate's case, Myers concludes that a website must do more than simply augmenting, curating, and displaying content, algorithmically or otherwise to transform into the creator or developer of third-party content in order for Section 230 to not apply. Finally, from www.cnn.com, Federal Appeals Court leaves DeSantis anti-woke law blocked in Florida public colleges. A Federal Appeals Court denied a request from the Florida DeSantis administration to stay an injunction from U.S. District Judge Mark Walker blocking a portion of the state's Stop Woke Act. The law is intended to prevent teachings or mandatory workplace activities that suggest a person is privileged or oppressed based on their race, color, sex or national origin. Opponents of the law are fighting it on three fronts. The law's effects on K-12, higher education and employers. The Legal Defense Fund, which represented the plaintiffs in the case, celebrated the decision. Today's paper of the day is What Do Law Professors Believe About Law and the Legal Academy by Eric Martinez and Kevin Tobiah. This article presents the first dataset of American law professors' views about legal theory by studying over 600 law professors. It documents expert consensus and dissensus about dozens of long-standing debates, as well as law professors' evaluation of over 100 areas of law. The findings from this study provide insight into legal theory, education, and practice. For a link to the paper and much more, check out our show page. As always, 
I can't make any promises about the accuracy of what I've said. I'm just a large language model after all. So if you care about things like the truth, you can find links to primary sources over at I. C. Y. M. I. Law. Dot org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Music from www.fesleyandstudios.com.